around us. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smash Except Podcast episode number 69. Welcome in. Abe, the DFS detective. Mike's here. Ian's here. Mung is here. And we have what I might say is the most incredible show you are about to listen to. Because on tonight's show, not only are we going to talk about, oh, you know, the, the good old things, you know, Mahomes or Allen, like everybody likes to talk about, and which quarterbacks are in the tiers, because we all love quarterbacks, so we got to talk about it. But there is one quarterback in particular that I have a, a deep affiliation with. And, and Mike, I know you do. And, and Mung, I know I know you like him in a whole different way than I do. But that is the one and only Thomas Albert William Jackson Brady the third, who this week retired and then unretired and, and then said, no, nah, screw it. I'm retired. Doing I'm doing it my way. Mong, I want to start with you. First of all, welcome, welcome, gentlemen. Well, well, welcome in. Thank you, thank you for joining us on this on this beautiful. I don't know where you guys are. I'm in Detroit right now. We were supposed to get a foot and a half of snow, and my life almost ended by shoveling this evening. So I'm glad I'm glad to be here with you, fine gentlemen. Um, but Mong, hello, sir. Uh, nice Cortland certain sort. God damn, speaking sucks. Cortland Sutton jersey behind you, sir. Uh, but I did want to start with you. I know you're a giant Brady fan, so I'd love to hear what your initial reaction was to the to the retirement. Yeah, I am. Uh, you know, you guys know you've heard me talk plenty about Brady, so I'll try to keep this short. But first, Abe, uh, great talking to you. Glad to have you on. I uh, hope this will be the first of many. But yeah, I do have a Cortland Sutton jersey behind me, but uh, you don't see the the Brady helmets that I don't have on display right now. Um, I actually I wrote a a pretty lengthy article over at Fantrax about uh, just exactly how Brady's legacy has impacted me personally. Um, you know, kind of delved in depth of how I started following him and why I am such a huge Brady fan, despite the fact that I don't live remotely close to New England. We've gotten plenty of snow here in Chicago too. Uh, it's been snowing all day, but yeah, I mean, I don't think. You know, I've heard the arguments plenty over the last week and, you know, over the years about how Brady's physical talent is surpassed by Rodgers and others. Certainly, he can't make some of the crazy throws that we see Mahomes or even Stafford make at times. Um, But really, it's just, you know, the spirit and that unwillingness to give up, right? We've seen amazing comebacks. Uh, How many times have the Patriots and the Bucks at times been down multiple scores in the fourth quarter and nobody ever counts them out. And the singular reason is because of what we've seen Brady do and his resume is longer than pretty much anybody else's. And again, uh, countless records that I don't need to go into. You guys don't need to hear us go over the, the things that you can read on, you know, 30 articles that just came out over the last day and a half. But yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's sad. Uh, we have, you know, a lot of young, talented quarterbacks, but uh, it certainly is the end of an era. Ian, let me let me bring. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. I think what's awesome with, with Brady is just when you're talking to everybody, it's the impact that that he's had, not just in football, but like in your life stories. I mean, we all literally have. It's been 22 years. You know what I mean? Like, I am the dynasty dad. All four of my kids have been like talking about Brady. You know, and the whole way through, my oldest son's name is Peyton. You know, after Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning was my guy. And we watched that and we know that, you know, they played together 17 times and Brady beat him 11. And we finally got six of them in there. But it was like there's so many things that just just blow my mind with Tom Brady. You know, I mean, you get past the numbers and you get those kind of things. But it's it just feels surreal. Right. It just feels like every year it was going to happen. You know, we talked about three or four years ago when we were on the podcast saying go buy Tom Brady for a late first in Superflex for a year or two rental. And that turned into this, you know, and he was said he wanted to play to 45. I still didn't want to believe it. You know, it's even after Schefter put it out there, it's like, we just want more, right? I mean, Tom Brady had a fantastic season where he almost threw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns and just like a career year. We want to see it keep going, right? Because Tom Brady has a special part, whether you love him or you hate him. I mean, Abe, we were talking, I'm a Bills fan. So the first 20 years of that career, Man, I, I hated Tom Brady. You know, I was a Peyton Manning guy, a Bills guy. So I could not stand Tom Brady, but I respected him. 
kind of like Derek Jeter on the flip side. You know, it's like a guy that you you either love him or you hate him, but you got to respect him. And that's what it was with Tom Brady. Then when he went over to Tampa, at least my Buffalo Bills had a chance to thrive a little bit. But I mean, it's just it, it's just crazy to think that it almost feels like it's a passing of somebody. You know, it's like the, he's been a part of our lives for the last 22 years. And I know I'm sounding kind of sappy, but it, it's just not there right now. And it doesn't feel the same. It felt that way. You know, when when Manning was talking about retiring, now it feels that way again with Brady. So, well, I think even with like wherever age we're at, I we can barely literally remember the NFL without Tom Brady. Like, what was the NFL before Tom Brady? Like, I barely remember it, honestly. Like, I'm 33, so 22 years is still quite a bit. But like, I I, I was watching football back then, but I barely remember it. You know, as a Vikings fan, of course I. Re- resented him because we've never won a Super Bowl. So uh, there's always that resentment and dynasties are like the biggest, like, I hate them so much. I hate (laughs) dynasties, but you have to, you just have to respect uh, what he, and then you saw he did it without Belichick. That was a big thing too. Was it going to be Brady or was it going to be Belichick when he left the Patriots? And he proved it was him. And, you know, Abe, I I was texting uh, dad over here a couple of times and I read a few crazy things that, you know, if Tom Brady would have retired 10 years ago, he would still hold the record for most playoff wins. Also, if uh, Peyton Manning is number two on the all-time wins list, um, and with a 17-game schedule, he would have to unretire and go undefeated for four and a half years to even equal Brady. Like, it's just insane. It's crazy. The... It happens to be that the same music has been playing all throughout my house uh, for the last two days, along with it's, it happens to be the same music that was being played when Brady left the Patriots. Here's a, here's actually what it's, what's been being played around the house. I hope you guys, I hope you guys can hear that at home. That's the, uh, the celebration music. It's over. It's done with. I don't got to deal with this guy anymore. I'm sick of it. He's been beating my Jets for 20 freaking years. Mike, your bills forever. I'm just I'm just done with this human being. Like get him out of my life. What Mike, when you said it when when he left when he left New England, we're all like, "All right, it's done. Like I can I can finally like be at peace now. The Patriots aren't going to be good anymore." And like then he goes to Tampa and he wins. I'm like, I can't deal with this guy anymore. I'm just so done with him. Uh, we'll go around the room real quick and go over our favorite Brady moments. Uh, mine is is very simple. It's very easy. It's when he got his ACL torn. Like that was that was the greatest year that that a Jets fan can live through Man. because it's, and we still couldn't make the freaking playoffs. <laughs> Twenty years as a Jets fan, you you get used to a lot of people beating you though. It's not just Tom Brady. It's no, that's true. Else, you know? We suck. I, I felt like. When, when he left, it was like, oh, okay, it's Josh Allen time, you know. But hey, you got you might have a quarterback now there. We'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple of years with Wilson. But, hey, Abe, your team beat both the teams in the Super Bowl though this year. Oh well, we beat the Rams last year. Oh, true. But we we beat the Titans and the Bengals. So yeah. just for just for that, like they shouldn't have been allowed into the postseason. Like that's <laughs> that's a general rule. That you you lose to the Jets, uh, season's over. Top ten pick, automatic. <laughs> All right, Mung, you're the you're the Brady you're the Brady guy, right? What's your what's your top moment in Brady nostalgia history? Yeah, I mean it's kind of crazy. Uh, probably not what you would expect, but uh, the pick six that he threw uh, in Super Bowl Fifty One, um, you know, one of the images that's forever burned into my mind is him on the ground watching Robert Alford, you know, sprinting to the end zone with the football. <laughs> And uh, I actually, I love that the Boston Globe printed an early copy, uh, an early edition of their paper, um, you know, detailing the Patriots' loss. And it's just, it's motivational for me, right? I mean, it was 21 nothing at that point. Um, people pretty much expected, you know, the Falcons to coast the rest of the way, and we all kind of know how that ended. And uh, I don't me, need a reminder. That's, <laughs> yeah, but, that, you know, that's the most pivotal moment of his career in my mind. What about you, Mike? Where's what's that one moment that stood out for you? As I hate this man forever. <laughs> well, I mean, we we all talk. We're all into this game, but I mean, I'm watching. I'm watching that game, the 28 to three game, with my kids on the couch, and they're like, "Dad, can we turn on a movie?" You know, like at that point, they probably wanted to watch freaking Frozen or something. You know, and they're like, "Hey, let's flip this on." I'm like, "No." I was like, "It's Tom Brady. You never give up on things." And they're like, "Dad, just just turn it off." And I'm like, 
No, I was like in life and in football, like we just we're going to finish this game. It's the Super Bowl. Let, let's do this. Right. <laughs> Obviously, we all know the story he comes back, you know, and, and all my kids are getting pumped up. and We're jumping around on the sofa. Fast forward to a couple weeks ago, you know, where we're watching the beginning of that Bucks game. Right. Bucks Rams. And they go down. And my, I was like, all right, we're going to we're going to do this. My son finally convinced me when, when they were down by 20. Let's let's put on let's play some Call of Duty. So I do that. I said, as, as soon as he scores another touchdown, Tom Brady's going to bring him back. We flip off. They do it again, and it just felt like that was going to be it again, right? Like Tom Brady was a never say die mentality. It was always a lot of the stuff that I saw from Joe Burrow this weekend. And I know there's a lot of talk there of just ice water in the veins. A guy that you know just doesn't show emotion. He's going to go out there. He's going to get it done for his team, make everybody around him better. And it's just something that, like, from a, de- a dad perspective, from a coach's perspective, when I coach baseball, you know, how I coach basketball, it's like that kind of mentality of never give up, that mentality of, like, no, nothing's insurmountable is just something that really just resonates with me. Ian, is there one moment that you close your eyes at night and you see Tom Brady and you go, that's the moment I will remember him forever. I, I don't know. I, I'll probably forget him pretty quickly. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I know he's haunted um, in my nightmares. Um, but honestly, mine is kind of pretty recent. You know, it, it was in, in week 18 here when you heard about the story where he defied the coach's orders and went back in to get Gronk that last catch to get him that, that bonus that he needed. I think that's huge. It shows what kind of team player mentality he really had. He wasn't just out there all about himself. He'd been with Gronk for how long, and he knew that, hey, let's get this guy that extra money that he clearly deserved. If you're only one catch away, you deserve that. So I think that that's, that moment's really going to stick in my mind for a little while. I will say, to your point, Abe, dude had a little advantage. Let's be honest. He had the ability, unlike a lot of other NFL quarterbacks, to take that pay cut because his wife made so much damn money. So let's let's chit like he could he's a lot easier than a lot of other quarterbacks build that team around him because he could afford to take that little pay cut because his wife actually literally made more than he did. That's that's all very, very valid. I think John and and I have the audio here and I'm going to post it. But I mean, I think John had the (laughs) coolest story, right? Like he was at a game and was able to go talk to Tom Brady like he actually saw Tom Brady and he's like, I believe he said they were playing Carolina and he went back and he saw Tom Brady. He said he shook his hands. He goes, Hey, are we going to get it again this year? And he's like, you better believe it. You know? And it's just like, that's that mentality of every year. They knew new England and Tampa Bay knew that they were going to be Super Bowl bound. You know, it was going to take one hell of a game in the playoffs like the Rams play to knock Tom Brady out, you know? And it was just that kind of mentality that I think the next thing we got to talk about is obviously, you know, they met there my girlfriend, John was living in Boston. My girlfriend, actually, she was from Boston. She said several times she's met, you know, Edelman and Gronk. I mean, we got to talk about it. It's episode 69. You have to mention Rob Gronkowski when you talk about 69. He's got to be the next guy to drop, right? I mean, we we oh, their, their <laughs> careers have been intertwined. We're looking at the greatest quarterback and probably the greatest tight end, arguably him and Kelsey. And, I mean, is this the next domino to fall now? Oh, and it, for sure, it has to be. And actually, Gronk's gone. Chris Godwin is gone. Leonard Fournette is gone. Ronald Jones is gone. I mean, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is going into full rebuild mode. And the fact that Bruce Arians has not yet announced his retirement or just the fact that he's leaving the organization blows my mind. That dude is walking around with a freaking uh, year 3,063 fanny pack. And that dude hasn't hasn't come to the fruition that this team isn't going to be very good next year. What am I? I'm 70 years old. Like, what am, what am I doing besides rocking the Kangol hat? <laughs> and he's are, got are that they new like the trade for Watson. Like who knows? Like I feel like the Bucks could pull off some crazy crap to like to really bring their like a, a crazy quarterback in. It's gonna be Jimmy Garoppolo. Just the exact way Bill Belichick drew it up to have Garoppolo replace Brady. That's that's what it's gonna come down to at the, at the end of the day. I mean, they're definitely in the QB market. Let's put it that way. I mean it. it, it so let they, I think they could get any one of these guys. They could go and get even I'll even say it like Kirk Cousins could be in that conversation with guys that they could go after. Like, I think that they're really I mean, Bruce Arians of the GM, they're really thinking they could run it back. And so they probably might make that move for a quarterback. And we'll see what kind of 
dominoes that transpires after that. I'm gonna I was be- talking with a buddy today and I was like, yo, what if what if they keep those pieces, you know, and, and just at least to make it fun, they go get Jameis Winston back there just for a Mike Evans resurgence of, uh, you know, 180 targets kind of thing and, and just peppering him. But, you know, it, it'll be very interesting to, to see where that goes and, and try to do that. I mean, I think the thing now is, Brady's gone. Now what what does the NFL look like? You know what I mean? Like we had we had Breeze and Manning and, and Brady in there for the longest time. The NFL's in good hands right now. I mean, we're gonna talk about some of these quarterbacks right now, but I mean, the AFC in particular, we have some absolute stud quarterbacks. And I think we're in, in, in good hands for a while, right? I mean, I felt like there was a certain time period there where there were very few talented quarterbacks. You know, it was a couple top end guys. Right now, it is a fantastic time to be into football. It, it absolutely is. And before we get into the quarterbacks, I, I do need to bring this up. And this is not on our show sheet. This is coming out of left field, as some might say. But about an hour ago, Jim Harbaugh had decided, hey, I'm taking the Vikings job. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm not taking the Vikings job. So, Mr. Vikings fan down over here in the corner, is your soul broken? Was this expected? Um, are so, you like- going to recover? Oh, oh, I'm, I'll recover. Don't worry about it. I was, like, kind of on the fence about Harbaugh. Like, he he's so hit or miss. And, and my what I've read, too, is the Vikings didn't even offer him the position. So we'll see what truly transpires there. That's one of those, like, I don't want the job. No, you, don't, you can't have the job type of thing. But at the same time, so basically, I don't know if you've seen it yet, they basically hired Kevin O'Connell, too. So, like, they just can't announce it until after the Super Bowl. But they've told the other candidates it's done. It's Kevin O'Connell. And I kind of like the idea of running it, you know, let's get that young, youthful coach. Honestly, Harbaugh, like him coming in really reminded me of of Zimmer coming in too. And so I, I didn't want that same thing over and over again. Let's bring in that fresh blood. Let's get run it with Kevin O'Connell and let's see what we can do. I don't know. Jim Harbaugh has uh, is actually winning experience in the NFL as opposed to some of those other guys like he's he's like a retread in the sense that he was already in the NFL, but he's not because he left on his own terms. He wasn't let go because of, you know, poor, poor play by his team or poor coaching. Like He's like, you know, what? I'm just done with this for now. I'm going to go do my thing. I'm going to go home to Michigan. I'm going to go win him a Big Ten title right away. And then 10 years later, bada bing, bada boom. You know, it, it all worked out for him. A little bada bing, bada boom. What? <laughs> I like <laughs> that. Don't worry about it. You know, it, it's crazy because we have the Tom Brady news and now we're, we're we have a lot of coaching talk i mean obviously there's the stuff with flores there's there's this with hardball i mean it's just it's it's crazy as well right now i mean we this is like super bowl week this isn't usually when we're talking about all these other all these other things we're trying to say who's gonna win who's not Let, let's move into a little bit of super bowl talk i mean who do you guys have how do you see this game shaking out and you know i mean mung i don't know i haven't seen any of the numbers yet of of favorites but i mean this this is shaping up to be a fun super bowl yeah, I think the line opened at, I think, the Rams minus three and a half, and it's moved to four, four and a half. So, you know, a lot of Bengals uh, believers out there. I know everybody loves rooting for the underdogs, but the Rams are clearly favored here. Yeah, as they should be. I mean, I saw I saw a meme today where it was like offense check on the Rams side, right? And then it was defense check on the Rams side. And then it said, you know, it, it pretty much everything check on the Rams side. And then on the right side, they had that picture of Joe Burrow walking into the stadium with the with, with the drip and swag, and it was just like, well, that's enough, right? I mean, this guy is is exciting, and he's definitely the new new hotness on Twitter. The guy everybody's talking about right now. You know why the Bengals the Rams are Rams were favored by a lot in uh, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. So just uh, just gonna throw that out there. Not saying Burrow's on that level yet, but you never know. But you know why the Bengals are losing? Because they're not wearing those fire white jerseys. They're going with the black ones. They're going they're with not, the black. They're not Let's wearing be the, those real. white jerseys. That's why they're losing. The reason and, the Bengals are losing is because they couldn't beat the Jets. You can't beat the Jets. You don't deserve to win a Super Bowl. Like, at the end so of the day. True. Like, that's... Why do you think the Patriots won all those years? It's not because they were the best team. It's because, like, oh, we can't lose to the Jets, so we're going to win the Super Bowl. That's, what, I that's, mean, that that's how it works. I mean, that is going to come back after the Super Bowl of, of the, how they should have drafted Sewell. Like, I think that, he, like, Burrow's going to be under pressure the entire game. Like, he's he not going to be able to, like, breathe in the backfield. Like, he's not going to be able to, that, That's the biggest thing for me. Like, that defensive line versus that offensive line. That's it. You know what I'm really looking forward to is the Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase matchup. Like to to the naked eye, to the you know 
I'm not even saying uneducated football fan, but like to the, you know, everyone watches the Super Bowl. We're talking about hundreds of millions of people, and most of them like don't really know all the aspects of the game. So to to that guy you know, that that just shows up for the Super Bowl won't understand or appreciate it. But Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase is going to have a big say in this game because it's clear Jamar Chase is Burrow's number one target, right? They went out and drafted him over Sewell because it's Burrow's best friend, right? And and it worked out great for him. Clearly, clearly they're they're in the freaking Super Bowl, so it worked out for him. But <coughs> excuse me, as COVID comes back to me, I Ram- I had that two weeks ago, man. It's like it's the worst trying to host and cough. And, Dude, it won't yeah. stop. I hit I hit my cough button, but then I realized that's not really a thing I have because I'm broke. So Ram- Ramsey against against Chase is going to be fascinating because once you take Chase pretty much out of the game, where you can't even look at him. What happens now? Does T. Higgins step up? Does Tyler Boyd step up? Are you are you relying on the run game? But now you got to go through Aaron Donald and that and that front line. So that Rams defense is going to be ferocious. And if Jalen Ramsey doesn't get burnt like he did against Mike Evans, if he plays the way I think ninety eight percent of us expect him to be, I mean that's that's going to cause a lot of strain for the Bengals. And that's why I have the Rams. So I think, I, I think that you know you also have to. I think it's going to be a lot bigger storyline than people are even talking about if CJ Usman's yes. out of plays. Like, I think that's going to be a huge storyline. <laughs> CJ Usman's out He's coming back. If TJ Usman's yeah, out plays in this game, give me the Bengals. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Uzo- sorry, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it brings back <laughs> memories of those, of those commercials right. there with And the, Chad Ochocinco is now the punter. talking about Jim Harbaugh all day. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, if, if CJ Uzoma plays, I think that that'll give – that offense a little a little boost whereas if he doesn't play i think it's over like i really do i think that's going to be a, a true x factor if he plays or not well i mean the chiefs were double teaming jamar chase the entire game and you know he, he got his towards the end but t higgins exploded right i mean t higgins had a, a fantastic game so it, it's going to take a chippy performance from burrow it's going to be take what you can get you know i do feel like ramsey has been beaten in the past you know you said that with evans we'll see how that goes you know it's a it's a huge moment here for both players i mean jamar chase most of us we've, we've argued back and forth 1a 1b in your dynasty rankings i mean that guy as a rookie has been phenomenal see what he does up against ramsey it's gonna be fun monk who you got yeah you know it's interesting because i think we're gonna see plenty of snaps of chase on ramsey but it also wouldn't shock me if the rams kind of go away from that a little bit do what belichick did when he had stefan gilmore where he had put Gilmore on the number two guy, so put Ramsey on Higgins and then just double-team Chase yeah. um, because, you know, as you guys said, if C.J. Uzama is out, then that just puts even more stress on Burrow. He's going to need to find that outlet quickly, but I, I do like the Rams here. I love the Burrow story. I love the underdog mentality, but it comes down to that battle in the trenches where us fantasy folks don't really like, you know, that's not the most exciting aspect, right? But a lot of it comes down to the line play. And at the end of the day, the Chiefs defense just couldn't really put pressure on Burrow. They couldn't stop him when it counted. And I, I think the Rams will be able to. We saw Burrow, uh, you know, escape some tackles in the backfield. But I don't think that Donald is going to be fooled or, uh, you know, let him get away when he's got him in his grasp. So I, I do like the Rams uh, minus four. I, I would consider taking them as of right now up to minus six and a half. And the the Burrow story is fun, but you know what the sad story is? Is AJ Green, man. I mean, imagine <laughs> playing for the Bengals your entire career, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? They're gonna like it was a peaceful leaving. You know, it was amicable. It's like, yo, go find a team and try to make the Super Bowl. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Oh man, can you like? Could you just? It's crazy, you know. Like he just had such a fantastic career with them. It would have been wonderful to see him like go out this way but yeah i mean i just feel for that guy this game does have a lot of storylines between the andrew whitworth revenge game uh sean McVay, zach taylor you know that's his that's his mentor type of type of guy like there's a lot of rams Bengals storylines that the media is going to overplay for the next two weeks and i'm already done with all of them like i'm just sick of it and just give me the give me the game already give me evan mcpherson like shooter mcgavin kicking balls from 75 yards away that dude's a stud he looks i'm pretty sure he's reaching puberty in just a couple like probably right after the super bowl he'll, he'll hit that he'll hit puberty but i mean that dude's a freaking stud 
That's why yeah, I like kickers. Kickers in the fifth round always works, dude. And he did not. He did not even. <laughs> you knew it was going in. Like all of his field goals, he walks out there and is literally. He's got the swagger of a quarterback. You he's know, he's just going out there. And, he's got moxie. He goes out there, and you're like, this guy. You know, you, you just gotta love it. I don't, I don't I, play in any leagues with kickers, but he'd be my dynasty 101 kicker. I, I, but what's crazy to me is we're having so many storylines right now, and we haven't even mentioned like literally the Rams offense or the Bengals defense, like at all. Like, I let Mung, how about this? Over under 150 yards for Cooper Cup. Ooh, that's a um, high number. I'm gonna go under. It is mostly because I actually think this could be a big, big Cam Akers game. Um, we saw the Chiefs have some success on the ground against the Bengals, and for whatever reason, Andy Reid decided to go back to his pass-happy ways, even though you know the Bengals were dropping a ton into coverage in the second half. And I think McVay's different. He's you know he was built on that run game. Um, that's the foundation of this offense, and we could see. I would rather bet on Cam Akers 150 rushing yards than Cooper Cup 150 receiving yards. Can I give you Cooper one stat? Has- let me give you let me give you one stat. I'm not a big stats guy, but let me give you one stat. Uh in a game against the Bengals this year, a certain quarterback went 37 for 45 for 405 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Matt Stafford's going to have an absolute game. By the way, that quarterback, obviously you should know by this point, is Mike White of the Jets, who's a backup quarterback <laughs> at best. Um, if he can do that to the Bengals, uh, Matt Stafford should have an absolute berserko game where Cooper Cup can go over that 150. Odell Beckham, at the same time, can also go over that 150. They don't really need much else. Like Van Jefferson, all right, I'm going to take you over the top. You know, let me let me maybe even throw one every every now and then just to keep the defense honest. Uh, Tyler Higbust, uh, you know, if he even if he even plays this week, like whatever, cool. That that's nice. Cam Akers can also run for for one fifty. Like this offense can absolutely explode. And Cincinnati's defense, honestly, I mean, they're they're really not that good. They're not a Super Bowl type of defense. It's the offense that's really carrying them there. That Mike White drop there. That is that is perfect getting them in there. I. My my white Mike White story is I picked him up in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's League, picked him up for a buck, started him that week, sold him for a third and a, I think two thirds, went on to win the championship <laughs> and got rid of Mike White. It was just the ideal situation, right? Uh, Monk, you, we were talking about Cooper Cup there for a second. I, I read today if Cooper Cup in like Larry Fitzgerald of multiple years ago, I believe it was even like what twenty fourteen where he just took off in the playoffs. And we know Cooper Cup is excelling in the playoffs. He would need 189 yards and four touchdowns to match those numbers of what what Larry Fitzgerald is, just to put that into perspective. I mean, Cooper Cup is doing the exact same thing that he did in the regular season, the same thing that he's doing in the playoffs. And I'm still seeing on Dynasty trades, I'm seeing a lot of Cooper Cup deals, and I'm like, why are we trying to get rid of him? Everyone's scared of his age. That's why. Like everyone. I that's the one thing that Dynasty, like I think, overdoes is is age. Like yeah. everyone just wants that new hot young sorry, hot came out weird. That you <laughs> that new like that hey, that's your own young, personal preference, bro. <laughs> that new like young running back, that new young wide receiver. That's what everyone wants. Those old reliables, people don't want them anymore. And that's why you go and you trade a late second or, or for, for some of these guys. You know, AJ Green could still go another year and be and produce. Like, you don't want to just give up on a lot of these older wide receivers, especially maybe running backs. That's fair. Um, they they kind of hit that wall, but wide receivers don't hit that wall nearly as as quickly. I want I want to circle back to this on the Super Bowl real quick uh, before we move on to our quarterbacks, which I'm super excited about. Um, when I watch Super Bowl, I always I try I try and actually watch it in private. I'm not a big like party guy. I like watching it in private so I can actually watch it and enjoy it. Because the more people around, I feel like the more like noise. And I've always said this forever: if the Jets were ever in the Super Bowl, and I'll probably uh probably be dead by that point, honestly. But if they were, if I was alive to watch them in the Super Bowl, I'd be like in a room by myself, like blacked out shades. Like I want nothing. Like bought my all my phones are off, internet's off, all that. I, I just want to be able to focus just on this game, right? So when I watch a game, I, I like to watch it by myself because I'm mostly a weirdo, and I'm okay. I, I don't care. I'm, I'm okay with that. But when you guys are watching the Super Bowl in particular, what's the go-to food? Because for me, it's Bud Light and nachos. Like that's that that's that's what I'm doing. Bud Light, nachos, probably pizza. Probably have a little earlier because at six thirty, my kids already had to have dinner at that point. But like that's that's my go-to. What what's the food? that you guys must have while watching the Super Bowl? 
Buffalo wings. Buffalo chicken dip. You know, it's got to be something <laughs> buffalo dip. related. Buffalo yeah. wings, yep. I love it. What about you, Monk? You know, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to shout out my friends Bob and Julie here because uh, they make this, it's this dip. And it's, I don't know what goes into this magical dip exactly, but I know it has um, like corn and like mayo and sour cream. It's like a corn dip and you use Fritos to dip into it and, and the saltiness and the little bit of sweetness from the corn. Oh man, I could eat a whole bowl of that. That's, I don't think I've had Fritos in 12 years. I don't think I've had Fritos in forever, man. <laughs> what are you drinking yeah, though? I'll send, I'll send you a bag. It's a, it's a combo. It's, it's amazing. What are you drinking? I got the I got the Bud Light. I'm always I'm I'm, I'm a big I'm a big oh. Bud Light because I'm a weird like I'm not big into beers. Like I know there's a lot of people like oh I'm into the IPAs and like I just I'll go to I'll go to freaking Kroger or Walmart or Target and grab me a grab me a 12 pack of Bud Light and have me a freaking day with it. See, I'm a tequila drinker. That's what I drink. Uh, you can't drink I too many of those margaritas, man. I I literally last week on the pod, that's how we got four kids. Margarita. I don't know if you saw me doing that. <laughs> Did not see that. <laughs> Sneaking him in there. Yep. All right. So let's let's get to this quarterback conversation. And the, the big debate, because we all saw it last week, is Mahomes versus Allen. And and I know this is a very dynasty-oriented show, but really when it comes down to it with this debate between Mahomes and Allen, it's both dynasty and redraft. Because at the end of the day, age-wise, it's not really affecting you. It's not. It's not the Tom Brady's or Aaron Rodgers of the world that are. You know how many more years do they really have? Yeah. You know, with Mahomes and Allen, you have eight to ten plus years of probably great to very good play at, at worst going forward. I, w- I would say. So let's go around the room, Mung. Let's start with you. Of those two guys, which one is that one that you must have when you're starting a re- when you're starting a draft this year? Yeah, look, I'll take the cop out. I think they're they're the same tier, but if, for me, it's it's Mahomes. Uh, I know Allen has outscored him in four point passing. You know, with the rushing yards, we know that's what really produces those fantasy points with our, our current scoring system. Uh, but for me, it's just longevity with Mahomes. I know Al- Allen's legs really give him that boost right now, um, but it's impossible to just watch Mahomes and think that he's going anywhere for the next decade. Whereas you know, with Allen, we could see more of that Cam Newton type drop off as he ages in a few years. So that that's my reason. I I actually agree with you. I'm I'm very big on the staying away from the running guys because there's a shelf life, and yes, they might be excellent for three to five years. Um, it's also a big reason why. I, look, it's I'm here. It's gonna be Jet centric. It's why I love Zach Wilson coming into the draft because of his ability that he's yeah he can move out of the pocket, but the dude's right arm is magical and he can sling it all over the field. And that's something that translates to 15 years of NFL play. Ian, let me go to you. Which of those two guys makes you uh you know more excited? Well, I mean, I think in redraft or or dynasty, if you're in a super flex league, honestly, I'm gonna say you'll build your team better without either of those guys. Boom. Honestly, they are the top tier of quarterbacks. But I think if you go to that second tier of quarterback, you can really make sure the rest of your team is better as well and making up for that. Well, hey, let um, me ask you the question then. You have the 101, right? If, if you're trading down. Okay, there's no trades. Let's, you know let's, the, the let's hardest get... part with that, Ian, we've talked about it for years. We, you and I have interacted. And, and Mung, I mean, any time someone says it's this Mahomes deal or Josh Allen, I'm almost like, Let's do it a little bit different and and move back and get an entire ransom there. And and that's the craziest thing. But I don't think you can trade back anymore. You know, like people are so in tune of like, what are they? They're not giving up that 23 first to move up. You know, people aren't willing to pay like they were two years ago, three years ago in Dynasty startups. People are jumping in there trying to get Mahomes, trying to get Allen, trying to move way up there. Now it's hard to move back. I mean, I don't know how many drafts you guys have done in the last two years. It is hard right now to move back and accumulate value. I would agree with that. I did a startup uh, at the beginning of last year, and I did have the 102, to be fair. Um, And I couldn't trade back for the life of me. So I did take one of those top-tier quarterbacks, and I traded him immediately following the draft. Because for some reason, like the 102, they're like, oh, I don't want to trade up, I don't want to trade up. But at the same time, right when it was done, when the player was real, I got the same deal I probably would have gotten right. done when it, when he was the 102. Okay. Like, so I, it's once that player becomes real that you you 
that, yeah. that people really are willing to trade for him. Okay, so let's take trading out of it for a minute because that just ruins everything that we're doing. So Ian, it's greatly it's greatly appreciated to to really stay on stay on track and stay with the flow of things. So thanks, thank thanks a lot. Give me Josh Allen. Okay, Josh Allen and fan- Josh Allen and fantasy. If I was building like an NFL team or if I was a GM, I would rather have Mahomes on the football field. But in fantasy, give me Allen. Fair enough, Mike. I am going to assume you're a Josh Allen stan. I want regular football and 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 fantasy. I want Josh Allen. I mean, I have 15 superflex teams. He's on. <laughs> he was on 13 of them. I made a couple moves there where, but he's still on 11 of my dynasty teams, and I bought him from the beginning. You know, and I think. Josh Allen has improved every single year. We're looking at a guy who, I mean, he was a QB one this year. Listen, Mahomes is going to be a top five fantasy quarterback year in and year out. And Mung's right for at least the next 10 years. I think Josh Allen, though, is only continuing to improve. I mean, we've seen what Mahomes can do. And this is splitting hairs, to be honest. I mean, Josh Allen, just with that rushing upside, he, his passing game has come around so much. I mean, if you look at he threw for over 4,000 yards and 34 touchdowns, that's not far off from what Mahomes did, you know? So, I mean, the passing is coming alive, and and they're just going to continue to add weapons. I'm excited to see what Buffalo can do. But when you compare weapons of what Josh Allen has versus what Patrick Mahomes has and what he gets out of it, and I just – I, we lost that game. But him coming over to the sidelines, pointing to his arms with ice water in his veins, like – I just love this guy. I can't not say Josh Allen. Well, so, losing. So Dad, I, have, I have an Allen story that I have to bring up because I'm going to go full six degrees of Kevin Bacon here, but six degrees of Josh Allen. So I lived in Colorado for a little while. And my Did you boss, say Colorado? Yeah, I did. Colorado, man. You mean, Col- Colorado. You mean Colorado? We, we, <laughs> we have a lot of different locales on the <laughs> podcast here. Uh, but so, so my boss, her daughter... <laughs> She was dating uh, the wide receiver, the wide receiver Jake Malhart at Wyoming. I don't know if you remember Jake Malhart. He didn't make it into the NFL, but so I met Jake Malhart several times. Who was uh, Josh Allen's like number one or number two target for two or three years at Wyoming? And he said that literally in practice, they he would throw the ball from like their own twenty and hit the goalposts. Straight on, like this, right. dude I believe that for, for ninety yards and hit it straight on the goalpost and do exactly Yeah, but did did you know Jamarcus Russell can throw forty yards from his butt? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember those sitting down? He can throw up forty yards. Josh Allen watches the tape, though. You know they give him a tape to watch. He doesn't pretend he did. Yep, exactly. But like, I seriously, I I will never dot doubt Josh Allen. Like, I think you know when he was coming into the draft, everyone was doubting him. Like, yes, everyone knew he was going to be a first-round pick, but I think everyone was like, he's not going to make it. He's, he's going to be that one or two and done. Like I was out at the bar with my buddies, and they said, you know, and I had predicted all the picks up to him, and then all of a sudden we got to him, and the Bills moved up, and it's like, they're like, Josh, and then it was Allen, and all my friends were like, oh, you should have got Rosen. I can't believe you took Josh Allen over Josh Rosen. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yep, exactly. Everyone was doubting Josh Allen coming out of that yep. draft. And 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 you know, and then he played and everyone was saying, "Oh, but you know, his his accuracy is horrible." What did he do the next year? When he worked on that accuracy, he's he's, he's come up and and uh, defeated all the doubters every single year. So, you know, Abe, you mentioned that the running could hurt his longevity. I'm not going to doubt that. I think he's going to be one of those guys that's still playing into 38-40. Uh, and there's no question about it. The, the question. The question, though, is, is if you take out his running, where does he where is he as a fantasy quarterback? Right. Because you, you take out that floor of that extra four points for, for the rushing yardage every week and throwing a possible touchdown. You're, you're talking at somewhere between 10 and 12 points on a weekly basis for that rushing floor. If you take that away, is he good enough of a passer to be in that same Mahomes category? Did you yes. watch the Bills yes. Chiefs game? No, I mean look well, at no. Like, did that, you watch but in, like in six this? years from now, if, if you had if you had Abe, if you had to guess, how many yards difference would you say between Allen and Mahomes passing this year? Mahomes had a bad year. Mahomes had 20, a bad year. Twenty yards a game, you know, and it's <laughs> touchdowns are the exact same, you know. And it's like I, I get that, you know, and we're looking at because Mahomes has that. I mean, what we want from all of our quarterbacks is that rushing floor and I'm, I'm hoping Buffalo starts to get a little bit more of a run game and you know and and Singletary looked good but we can back off that a little bit you but know? I can like, make I the argument Cam I, Newton Cam Newton 
turned into a shell real quick because Cam Newton didn't have the same throwing ability of, of Josh Allen, you know, and he didn't have that same thing. So I'm hoping that that measures out there. You know what I mean? I can make the argument, though, that part of his passing upside is because of the fear of the run. You know, oh, so, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you got to have somebody somebody uh, shadowing him at all times. You're going to have a linebacker there that opens up space. You're going to have the safety there. Well, now now you can't double a guy down the field. So those things right now, yeah, absolutely, you know, help help out his passing game. Um, Brian Dable leaving, is that going to affect anything at all? You know, we don't talk no, about – Ken off- Dorsey is going to be the OC. Yeah, the, the Ken I, Dorsey thing was huge. That was huge. Ken, Ken Dorsey is going to be the OC. I'm, I'm not – I don't think they're going to miss a beat there. Yeah. <sighs> I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I, mean, I hope you're wrong. still the Bills division. Still the Bills division. Well, but, uh, so <laughs> while we're talking about these crazy good quarterbacks, are we going to even talk about a single like NFC one at this point? Tom Brady's gone. Aaron Rodgers is going to go over to the friggin' AFC. Like, is there going to be any NFC quarterbacks worthwhile? Like Kyler Murray is five foot two. Uh, like, let's what's what's going to be in the NFC? Well, Aaron Rodgers well, is I staying mean, in Green Bay. I'm 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 telling no. you right now, Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. I have almost zero doubt about that. And I'll, and I'll call him. I actually uh, asked him. I don't know if you guys know this. I asked him this week. You know, him, me, Pat McAfee, we all have a very strong strong connection. And I asked him straight point, point blank. I said, hey, A-Rod, uh, are you leaving Green Bay? And here's what he had to say. Oh, hell no. Now, he's not going anywhere. Aaron Rodgers will be a Green Bay Packer for life. But, Ian, you're right, because the, the NFC quarterback situation is very shaky. From a dynasty perspective, Kyler Murray has shown a lot of people this year that he is not trustworthy. Dak Prescott, on the other hand, is a guy that I think he has to be the number one quarterback in the NFC, just based off the weapons he has around there, the guys that he's throwing to. Who would you rather have in the NFC over Dak Prescott? Nah, Trey Lynch. <laughs> Where's that mute? <laughs> let me let me mute Monk. What, what the hell's going on here? Hold on. If you're saying that Kyler Murray proved this year that he was untrustworthy, how can you say that in the same sentence as saying Dak Prescott is the guy to have? Dak Prescott was just as untrustworthy as Kyler Murray, like if not worse. Dak's season. coming off of Dak's coming off of a major injury, which isn't just a physical thing, but it's a mental thing. It's an absolutely a mental thing. Kyler Murray showed that without DeAndre Hopkins, he can't pass the ball to anybody. Yeah, and Dak Prescott had literally everybody there and still couldn't throw to anyone. <laughs> as far as dynasty value goes, I mean, Kyler Murray is still the 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 cream of the crop in the NFC. I mean, you know, but yeah. Dak Prescott had a had a you know, Mung and I were predicting a fantastic you know top, you know top two to three type season. And he finished, you know, what he finished QB 11, where Kyler Murray in points per game was was QB four, you know, and I know the injury was in there. And that's always going to be a risk because of his size. He didn't run as much. But I mean, the guy is electric out there. I mean, I don't have a a ton of shares of Kyler Murray. I prefer some of these other guys that we're going to talk about in the AFC. But I think it's it's worth at least debating. He's in that that next tier. You know, we talked about Allen and Mahomes, but that next tier and I, I put a Twitter poll out there. I mean, it's Burrow. Kyler, Herbert, Lamar. I almost put Dak in there, Abe. I almost put him in. But, I mean, I it did. was like, I, I put this out there, 240 votes. 43% said Herbert. You know, Burrow's that new hotness. That's the next guy on there. Then Kyler, then Lamar. And you can throw Dak in there, you know, in that in that tier. I mean, Abe, who's your guy out of that group? You know, if you had to choose between Herbert, Burrow, obviously it's not Kyler for you, Dak or Lamar. If you're picking right now, who's that guy for you? To me, it's Herbert, and it's it's not even very close. Like, I hear all the Burrow love recently. I, even coming into the draft, was an anti-Burrow guy. Because to me, Joe Burrow is not a guy that elevates his players. He's a guy that gets elevated by the pieces around him. At LSU, I mean, the dude had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson as his top two receivers with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and an NFL offensive line. Yeah, he looked great. And don't get me wrong, he had a great season, but he had all the pieces around him. All of a sudden, in Cincinnati now, he's got he's got three legitimate number one receivers around him, a real good tight end, a great running back. Yeah, the offensive line can probably use five new players on it, but I mean he's they got they they're building pieces around him. So it's the age old question is of is it the quarterback making the receivers or, or the receivers making the quarterback? Uh, to me, 
Joe Burrow is a guy that his receivers elevate his game. Justin Herbert, on and the on other hand, like yeah, Chase and Higgins, they're not going to be there a short amount of time. No, no, I, like, I understand that. For a long time. I understand that. So when it comes down, when it comes down to it, for me, like, give me, I'll, I'd rather take the more talented player. Like, I think Justin Herbert has is is a more is a better athlete than Joe Burrow. I think Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. I think he's got better arm talent. I think yes, the weapons around him might not be as great, but I think he's better of a player that he's going to make those players around him better. You know, this is still football. Injuries happen. And Joe Burrow has already taken that torn ACL. And what if one of his top receivers goes down for a period of time? Can those uh, can Auden Tate step up and be that guy? I don't think so. But if Keenan Allen were to go down, I have more faith in a guy like Justin Herbert to get guys like Guyton to actually be fantasy relevant. So give me Herbert over all those guys. And again, the, the Lamars of the world, I mean, I'm I'm out on Lamar. I'm I'm 100% out on Lamar because once you take his rushing ability away, he's not a pocket passing quarterback. And I don't trust him for the next 5 to 7 years going down the road. Yeah, one year this year, cool. Let you know, I'll, I'll go for it on a redraft. I'll take I'll take him. Awesome. He might do great for me. But from a dynasty standpoint, don't give me a guy that I don't know if he's going to be able to be a starting quarterback in a couple of years. I think Herbert's the clear choice. And now you're right. I mean, I think Herbert, what he, the way he played this year, and I was always a Burrow over Herbert guy going into the draft. I mean, Herbert looked fantastic. We'll see what happens, what they do with to replace Mike Williams. You know, I, I almost find myself in startups and in most of my dynasty leagues, and you guys know me, that I, I'm always trying to get – I have Allen in all of them, which is great, but then I'm getting <laughs> vets. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm investing less to get Matthew Stafford. I'm trading back to get, you know, those guys plus – and I, I don't tend to have these other guys on my team that much, but I mean, it's for me, it, it's it's Herbert, and then they're all really close together. I mean, Kyler took a step back in a lot of people's mind in value. You know, he was in the off season, you know, and, and among you, I mean, we we talked about this. Kyler Murray was approaching passing Josh Allen. I know John had Kyler Murray ahead of of Josh Allen. He was ascending that way, and I feel like this move, this whole tier here, is going to be very fluid and. We talk about it a lot, Mung, where you, you try to almost move back in that tier. And if you can get one of these other guys plus, that's how winning is done in Dynasty, where you move into those areas and, and kind of lock that area up. I have Burrow and Herbert basically in the same tier. They're right there. I, I think I'm pretty high on, Bur- uh, on Burrow. I think, Dad, you saw that in my QB rankings. Like, I'm pretty high on Burrow. I think that he, even if, you know, you do say he's relying on his, uh, his wide receivers, I think that, like, they have enough and – that will stay there for a decent amount of time, especially because they extended Boyd too. like all three of those guys, even if one of them goes down, they still have two superstars. I mean, it's picking, it's picking hairs. Like when it, when it comes down to those guys, like I think even if you, if you, if you say Burrow needs that talent around him, he's going to have that talent around him for quite some time. Also, like I'm not saying QB wins is not a thing. Let's put this out there. QB wins is not a thing, but winning helps like, uh, you know, your stats a, a lot of times. And right now, Burroughs team is winning a, a lot more than Herbert's. And I think that that can help his stats get a little bit higher and therefore his dynasty value get a little bit higher. I disagree. Right now, his, his his dynasty value is at a all time high. Oh, and it is definitely it is definitely peaked. And I'm getting some I'm getting some crazy offers. You know, like I'm getting I I we we talked about how I traded for Burrow before the playoffs. Now that I have him, I mean, I'm getting some offers where I'm like, Man, like I am considering selling here because of the amount of amount of capital there. But I can also see the way that he's playing as this is that launching pad. I mean, we talked about it with Brady, but I mean, Burrow gets that first. You 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 can't deny. You can argue that he you know he's got the weapons around him and this and that from LSU. And, but you cannot deny the man's a winner. I mean, he wanted LSU. He's turned this franchise where without Joe Burrow, they didn't win a single game when he went down from injury. I mean, this is a a quarterback who definitely knows how to play the game. And he just went to front office and is like, give me Jamar Chase. I don't care, you know, ACL, whatever. We should get that offensive lineman. I want Jamar Chase, you know, and I feel like we're starting to see the ascension of him. That's for sure. Would you- again, QB, th- QB wins is not a thing, but his team winning will also make sure that he stays on that team for longer. So like if, if oh, Herbert, yeah. Herbert and Burrow aren't going anywhere. No, I, I, I would I would tend to agree with that. But if Herbert, if it gets to the point, even with when he's playing the way that he's playing, if six, seven years down the line, obviously that's kind of we're, we're 
picking hairs with both of them and real realistically you know you're thinking of their dynasty value at this point as six seven years down the line because they're both going to be superstars for at least that long so i think with herbert you could see if if the chargers literally are in a, a four and 13 kind of season every single season that they have herbert they they i could see them moving on from him and doing a stafford type trade you know get it and and getting some some draft picks and capital and, and deciding to rebuild there I, I don't i'm not saying it's going to happen by any means but like if the, if the team continually puts up those losing seasons it's something that that front office could think about mong where do you stand on the herbert versus burrow uh duel and then it's also follow-up question to that is burrow versus herbert just as big of an argument and battle as mahomes versus allen so I have a lot to say here. <laughs> I've been wait, I've been letting you guys do your thing, but one, I think it's ridiculous that the, you think there's risk that Herbert's going to replace. I mean, Rivers was mediocre for years and years in terms of winning record, right? Not necessarily all on him, and they stuck it with him for two decades. So I don't I don't see Herbert going anywhere. Um, I don't see him losing a starting job, even if he does somehow end up leaving the Chargers. Uh, now, this is the part where I'm sure the listeners are going to absolutely hate me because I think Joe Burrow does not belong in that top tier of dynasty quarterbacks. And this is why. Everybody's in love with him because he's a darling right now. His fantasy stats have not been very good. Uh, he heated up, you know, that last third of the season in the regular season. Um, if you're looking at fantasy stats in the playoff games, he has not been particularly good. Now, I understand that when we were talking about Mahomes and Allen, I said I'm leaning on the Mahomes side by a hair because of that longevity factor. But when we really look at it, it's really hard to predict anything in Dynasty beyond a season or two or three at most. Um, so normally I'm really just looking at the next two to three seasons. Right. Can I trust this guy to produce in fantasy for the foreseeable future? Because really, we don't know anything. Right. Patrick Mahomes might pull an Andrew Luck and retire in three years because he's made half a billion dollars. We absolutely do not know. Right. I don't I don't see that happening. But I'm saying that trying to project for anything beyond two to three years is really tough to do. So for that reason, I don't think that Burrow has the rushing upside that some of these other quarterbacks do. Now, I understand there are questions about Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson as passers, but they absolutely are difference makers on the ground where it counts for fantasy. And look, people are going to yell at me. They're going to call this blasphemous. But if you can flip Joe Burrow for guys like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, plus I would absolutely do that right and I know you you can definitely do it. I mean, I, I, yeah, they're sure out of sight and yeah. out of mind. And, I mean, I, I've talked about that where in, in that league I tried to get Trey Lance and what's a mid-23 first. And I, I love Burrow. But you, you hit the nail on the head when you talk about rushing upside. I mean, he little over 100 yards, the difference there. Herbert's, you know, 300 rushing yards, you know, and he's got that floor of every week 30 rushing yards. And that's, that's really what you want is a guy that at least has that floor of potentially putting up an extra – three to six points, you know, and, and and we're even getting away from the rushing quarterbacks. I mean, those are the guys that are going to put up the big numbers some weeks, but they're a little <laughs> bit more, you know, risk risky when you to, uh, talk about it. But Justin Herbert, he, Patrick Mahomes, those guys are going to rush for 20 yards a game and they're going to score a couple of touchdowns every time you want that rushing upside to go with that passing ability. And it, the, the days of like Dan Marino's aren't, aren't quite what we're looking for in dynasty. I mean, we would love to have those, a gunslinger like that putting up the numbers, but we, we almost have to have that guy who's willing to and able to rush for three to 500 yards. But we're, you, you, we're talking about this rushing upside, but then we talk about Mahomes as number one. Yes, Mahomes has the ability to run, but he doesn't really do it that much. I mean, he's every, that just shows how great of a passer he like is. Three to 500 <laughs> yards. I mean, it's he's still able to do it. You know, it's not part of his game. We're not saying that that is, he can clearly do it if he has to. And it, in the playoffs, even more so, he, he's able to run out there and, and extend plays. So and, where and that's would all the difference, right? Because we so we know that Burrow ran a ton in college. So in theory, that well, for one year is there, but the but the level, right? 
but the level of athleticism it takes to do that on a consistent basis. We've seen him make some long runs, mm. even this year, coming back from the ACL. And maybe he does run even more next year, two years removed from that injury. But I don't think he's quite – he's more of a scrambler than a true he's going to get you that 40, 50 rushing yards, right? Where would you guys consider – Jalen Hurts to fall under this category because when you're talking about guys with high rushing upside, I mean that's that that's what he is. I mean my my argument is he might not be the starting quarterback next year. Guy ripped me a new one because I I tweeted something about (laughs) Joe Burrow and it was a Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts thing and he was like Jalen Hurts is I I, is is a better quarterback. Well, that's just not anything you're watching. You know, like you know I I mean I'm an I'm a Closet Eagles fan too and I enjoy watching Jalen Hurts run around and and do his thing and he's great for fantasy but he's like well he, he we're talking about dynasty here the longevity of Jalen Hurts the draft capital the the constant talking about looking over his shoulder with Gardner Minshew Eagles potentially still talking about trading off you know and and trying to get something out with those three first round picks trying to get off Jalen Hurts I think he's going to be a fun fantasy quarterback he's you guys know that I have him on a lot of my teams and it, it was getting him organically through the draft um but I mean I don't think you can necessarily compare the two. I think you got to have Joe Burrow at least a tier up above. And that next tier is really tricky. I mean, it is really tricky of where we go from those guys. I mean, there is a big, long list of, you know, you got in inside that top 10. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, you know, some aging guys, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, you know, and, and that's kind of where Jalen Hurts falls. But it, usually when you're talking about tiers, Guys belong in a tier because of a certain way, right? Like Mahomes and Allen are very similar. You know, and the guys we just talked about, Burrow and Herbert, and those guys are very similar. Lamar and Kyler. Jalen Hurts really doesn't fit the mold, but that's kind of the area that he's in when it comes to dynasty. All right. As we wrap this evening's wonderful, wonderful show up, uh, let's go around. You guys got anything, any any big news, anything you're working on? I know, Ian, you're still uh, recovering from Jim Harbaugh, uh, but any any work that you're that you're looking to put out over the next couple of weeks? Uh, just doing uh, this uh, every Friday. I'm putting out a, a thread of, of dynasty values. I'm comparing a, one, a, a, a player, a fairly young player, um, and what you would trade them for for uh, 2022 draft picks and, and what they, their value is placed at. So I'm kind of putting that out. I'm doing one player every Friday. Um, last week I did Amon Ross St. Brown and kind of his value came to around the, the 110 to 112 pick, uh, in 2022 drafts. So just kind of putting that out there every Friday and I haven't decided who Friday's player is going to be yet, but it'd be a mystery. <laughs> Elijah Moore. <clears throat> uh, Mong, after you get out of the corner and finish your cry session about Tom Brady retiring and never playing football again, you have anything that, that you're going to share with the wonderful people of this great universe? Yeah, well, uh, before I get into that real quick, uh, a guy we didn't really touch on, but uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, he's yes, still a guy. He's a guy I'd be buying depending on the price because we know that the quarterback skill is there. And it's pretty unfathomable to me that some are saying he's never going to play in the NFL again. Um, personally, you know, I think that these civil suits get settled and then maybe he faces a suspension, but we see him in 2023. If Randy Gregory can still play, Deshaun Watson can still play. And Mung, he instantly goes into that second tier, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have him pretty close to there right now. Um, obviously, you know, you're not trading any of those guys straight up for him because of the risk factor. But anyway, uh, let's wrap it up. Um, yeah, like I said, I just wrote a piece on uh, Brady, his legacy over at Fantrax. You guys can find all my stuff over there. I'll be coming out with updated dynasty rankings, one quarterback, and Superflex pretty soon. Uh, over the next few days, uh, as early as uh, later this week. And then, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter. Uh, we'll just talk some trades at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Mike, what, what, uh, what's going on in the wonderful world of Pennsylvania? Go, it's, it's, it's 43 cold. degrees. It's like a heat wave, right? But uh, speak, speaking of heat waves, we are la- launching Smash Except Listener League 3. And right now we teamed up with Viridian Global. If you guys go out there and you you buy anything, the smash except we got trucker hats, flex fit hats, t-shirts, eight different like colors. They got hoodies. My son stole mine, so I'm gonna be ordering another one. Um, but super great stuff over at Viridian Global. Check out my uh, Twitter handle; it has that on there. But if you guys buy anything smash except related, and you send us a proof of purchase, you're instantly 
uh, going to be put in for a raffle for a free spot in Smash Except Listener League 3. One and two filled up within the first day that we put it out there. So this is your opportunity for $50 value on the house. You know, as long as you guys support the pod, buy something. And, uh, and the stuff is like, you can have to go for a and I do nothing. So with that, uh, respect the process or, or, or something like that. I think we enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy the process. It's something to do with the process. We're not trusting it, though. We're not. Never trust the process. Until next time. Boom. All right.